Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Apogee. I'm Kanika Saini. And I'm Yugam Desai. And we'll be your hosts on this podcast series. Today, we'll be talking about sci fi's. No, not that kind of sci fi. I'm talking about systemically important financial institutions. But first, let's do a little history lesson. Back in 1994, John Merriweather founded Long Term Capital Management. He put together an all star team of people to start a hedge fund that could capitalize on the quantitative models developed by their academics and the market judgment of traders on the team. Many investors, including big investment banks, rushed to put money in the fund, investing close to $1.3 billion right at the start. By 1998, however, things had taken a downturn. Long term capital was the largest hedge fund in the USA at the time, but it was losing huge amounts of investors' equity capital. LTCM was at the brink of default in September 1998, and the U.S. Central Bank, also called the Federal Reserve Board, knew that if it collapsed, the ripple effects on the financial system would be far reaching. So, the Fed bailed out LTCM in an attempt to minimize the systemic risk that came with its near failure. But did anyone learn their lesson? No, not really. And the events of the 2008 financial crisis tell us why. The problem is that knowing that long term capital was bailed out by the Fed changed the behavior of other institutions. They were now incentivized to make riskier decisions because they knew that they were protected from the consequences. That the Fed would sweep in, bail them out, and prevent them from having to bear the full costs of taking risks. This is called the moral hazard problem. Other big financial institutions like the American International Group and Bear Stearns. Were victims of the moral hazard problem and were consequently being bailed out by U.S. authorities. Evidence of fraudulent activity, improper risk management, and exposure to the subprime mortgage market on the part of these companies was magnifying the major issues in U.S. financial markets. On September 15, 2008, Lehman Brothers was forced into bankruptcy by the U.S. Fed. Since it was much larger than long term capital, you would think that it would pose a much greater risk to the financial system, right? That it did, and the US economy felt the effects not long after. Forcing the Lehman Brothers into bankruptcy triggered a massive credit crunch, while the financial market had a meltdown and the worst recession since the 1930s took a hold on the US economy. There are many lessons to take away from these crises, but the one we're discussing today stems directly from the moral hazard problem. Some companies are important to the well functioning of financial systems, and many of them are so big that they can't be allowed to fail. They're called sci fi's or systemically important financial institutions. Sci fi's are banks, insurance companies, or other financial institutions whose failure, due to their size and their influence on the global or domestic economy, could trigger a financial crisis. You've probably heard of or referred to them as firms that are too big to fail. In Canada, the Financial Stability Board established a designation for major banks to identify them as institutions that could disrupt one or more economies if they fail. They're nicknamed DSIBs, short for Domestic Systemically Important Banks. In Canada, all six big banks are considered Canadian DSIBs. If you don't already know, this includes the Bank of Montreal, Bank of Nova Scotia, Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce, National Bank of Canada, Royal Bank of Canada, and Toronto Dominion Bank. There is another category of sci fi's that in Canada are referred to as GSIBs, which are Global Systemically Important Banks. Since 2018, TD and RBC are considered GSIBs. So, what are the requirements for a financial institution to be classified as a sci fi? And what does it mean for a firm when it's given the label? 
In order to gain GSIP status, a financial institution is assessed on five main criteria with multiple indicators under each heading. Cross-jurisdictional activity, interconnectedness, size, substitutability, and complexity. This international methodology also ranks GSIP's level of systemic importance relative to other GSIPs. On the flip side, national authorities use a set of principles to guide their identification of DSIPs. They take into consideration size, interconnectedness, substitutability, and complexity within the domestic economy. Once labeled as a sci-fi, a firm faces additional scrutiny, oversight, and regulatory constraints. This includes higher capital requirements, periodic stress tests, and intensive supervision in the form of data requests and process reviews, for example. International organizations also want to prevent market disruption and taxpayer bailouts, so they are working to ensure that there are appropriate recovery and resolution frameworks in place to help a failing sci-fi restore itself. Now, we have all these regulations and recovery plans in place, but there's no concrete evidence that they'll be pivotal in times of crisis. Will these recovery plans actually work in practice? Will these actions be able to eliminate the moral hazard problem? And is this really the end of Too Big to Fail? What do you think? Let us know on our Instagram page at the Apogee Podcast. See you next time.